Welcome in everybody to the Dogs Football Podcast. I'm your host Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, this was a tough week of playing. Obviously, we go, go into a game we expected to win, and it was not pretty. The only reason why we're doing this theme song is because something actually good happened out of this weekend. What's going on? Yeah, it's it's one of those things we said on the preview that um, a lot of emotions, and we had to go through those emotions and handle business, and that's not at all what we did. Not at all. They honored the seniors and everything. They did it all before the game. And I'm sure, obviously, we said we weren't able to be there. I'm sure it was emotional. I'm sure it was great. We saw the pictures the main account posted. It was a great time. But no, the team did not come ready to play. Like we said, tough game here. We won't even talk about it a whole lot because, honestly, they had the presser yesterday for Coach Hill. They barely mentioned it at all. Uh, so, really, it doesn't really matter because we uh, – did what we expected all season, and we got in the playoffs, which we wanted to wait a little bit, I guess, to talk about. But obviously, we were we did get in, but we'll jump into it after a little bit, talking about this crappy game, Noah. Jumping right into it, we got the ball because they deferred, and then we punted it four plays with ease. Noah, they go down. We knew coming in this game, and we'll get into the stats. They are a running team, Noah, and they did every single bit of that. Jaleel McLaughlin dominated in this game, had a touchdown, making it 7 nothing. We said, okay, all right, all right. So got a little bit punched in the mouth. We'll see how we react here in terms of how easy they scored. 12 plays, 76 yards, six-and-a-half-minute drive. That's one of the longest we've seen this year. But they had a longer one here coming up, Noah. We fumbled on this next play. We mentioned how Javon always sure-handed always and we were both listening to it not able to watch it or do anything we were working at the time so it was tough to keep up with this game along the way of getting our butts whooped but Noah Javon fumbled and that's rare yeah it's very rare it's probably one of those uh I'd say if I since we didn't watch it extra effort fumbles where he tries to he likes to try to get out of tackles and he probably fumbled Exactly. So got, that got them great field position, and then all of a sudden they made it 14 to nothing. We were able to go down and kick a field goal on a long drive, but had nothing to show for it. Uh, they scored again on a seven-minute drive. We had a two-and-a-half-minute drive for the same amount of yardage. So, of course, there's our offense, you know, being really fast, not giving our defense any rest. And this was a game we said, well, if our offense dominates, we're on the clock out. Our defense can get some breaks going into hopefully a playoff season. And they dominated, but no, we had a drive that ended with a Javon touchdown, uh, which was good to see him rebounding off that thing. So, But it's 21 to 10 at this point. They scored again, and we scored uh, right before halftime to make it 28 to 20 half. So we're thinking, okay, everything's fine. Not really. We allowed 28 points in the first half. But we were able to keep it within eight. Uh, or was it, Yeah. And then, so either way, I think that's all the only time we need to – talk about specifics of the game outside of the fact no other we went for it three times in this game and there were only seven combined points in the second half all from them on the opening drive and then there was nothing else there we threw interceptions like we said we turned it over on downs arguably no other worst game of the year and we thought that was honestly impossible because how bad we played against Missouri State but Noah we proved to not be that good of a home team at the end of this, especially losing this way. We give Youngstown some credit, Noah. They kicked our butt. Yeah, they came in here wanting to play spoiler, and uh, they did their best to do that. Yeah, they just lined up, and they it's one of those things. You line up against anybody, and you can win this football game, and they did that. And it was another one of those games where 
we outgained another team. I think it was the second time this season. We outgained them, and uh, we came – we had three second-half drives deep in their territory. No points. We've talked about it. Our third down opportunities, one of 11 in those – in that opportunities. That just can't happen. It's why you got your butt whooped. And, yeah, our defense, they were just worn out. They pounded and pounded and pounded. And that's what happens when you're – they it takes full effect when you have a good you're going up against a good strong run game and they can just run the ball all they want against you and they had 53 attempts for 268 yards what's most baffling and we'll get into the teams there's something really baffling about some of these team stats overall of how we played granted some garbage time or overall throughout this half we were able to get these long drives yeah and go down and get deep in their territory yes and not score Turnovers on downs for sure. So we mentioned, yes, seven combined points. The first drive, and then nothing else happened. I think that's the most worrisome out of all this. You get all these opportunities. And not saying, obviously, if you settle for field goals, it puts you in the game. But even these drives, we we had interceptions. Just an unbelievably bad game. And I feel bad for Russ Eisenstein. We know he did the game. And he was excited to do the game. He was excited to be back. He does a really, really great job. And it's unfortunate that he had to do a game like this. Him and Gene did a really good job. Uh, yeah, and terrible. So let's get into these team stats. Yeah, the ones, some of the stuff that sticked out to us. We outgained them, as you said. We outgained them 430 to 359. And passing yards, we knew. Like we said, Jaleel McLaughlin had over 1,000 yards going into this game. I mean, he's arguably, we know the great running backs that are in the FCS, definitely in this conference. He might be the best. We know the ones from South Dakota State, you know, Pierre Strong and all of them, they're going to be in the NFL. Jim McLaughlin's got a great chance as well. We knew that was the only thing they were going to do this, and they had 91 passing yards. They had a receiving touchdown early in the game, but uh, because of Julio set them up with like a 25-yard run. So we have 166 passing yards and 91 yards. We're not saying a lot. That's a terrible 166. From Nick, uh, but here it is. No rushing. We thought that they obviously killed us in rushing. We were only outgained rushing yards by four, two sixty-eight to two sixty-four. That is crazy, Noah. Because if you look at our thing, Justin Strong had arguably his best game of the season. He had a receiving touchdown, but Noah he rushed for nine for one hundred seven. He was the one that talked to him after the game. He could easily the dog of the game. No, obviously, when our other running backs weren't getting anything, Donovan was one for eight. Romere had a decent game. Javon ran it eight for 72. We actually did really well running the ball. Throwing the ball, we were terrible. No, Justin Strong showed out. Yeah, it's it's it was one of those it's one of those games we wanted to run the ball and um, we finally executed it and run it ran effectively today. And it's strange that the way this ball game ended up. Yeah, Javon had one pass in this game. It was just a lot of bad overall. Nick Baker, 11 for 34, 126. Four yards, a pass, with that one touchdown to Justin and then two picks. Yes, we wanted to add in this game because they said it because obviously we were listening and it wasn't said at all. I don't think it was told before the game. No, we don't think Chase Evans played in this game all right. Guard, they said he would. Nick said uh, that he was sick and didn't play. He was... Kind of a game-time decision, but he didn't want to get everybody else sick. He was just dealing with an illness. So we don't think he played in this game, so we're thinking, who the heck was a right guard? We know Lucas Davis also got hurt. We'll get to that in a second. 
He got hurt in this game and came out, and Sam Newman, who we've been talking about before, got in the game, had some penalties, thrown in the fire. It's kind of expected. So we're thinking, obviously, our offensive line has to be some to blame overall. It's been not great over the last, you know, the latter half of the season almost. But no, we narrowed it down to who could have played right guard. Like I said, we had no idea until Nick said it. So we had some options of who maybe. And we'll have to go back and look. We don't really know. But uh, have an idea of who maybe played right guard. Yeah, I believe it was Jake Green that filled in. I think he filled in a little bit last year. So uh, if he's if he's called on this week, he'll, he'll play a little bit this week. Uh, but uh, I believe Nick said in his presser that both should be able to go. We'll get more into that. Exactly. So that's something, you know, but the fact that we were that, but Youngstown was a team, like we said, one of the worst. They allowed some of the most points this season, one of the worst defenses in the country. Maybe that's why we were able to run the ball. And we mentioned our offensive line in terms of protecting the quarterback wasn't great, but it did just fine in the running game. So that's, you know, overall just inconsistency in that aspect is a little weird. No, we had our leading receiver had 42 yards. That was Tice on a, on a one catch. For those 42, Jerron, one for 40. Avante, three for 30. Another bad game for Landon. I don't know if teams are just – I think, like we said, we got to give Youngstown some credit. Their defense played well. They got a pass rush. They were able to play really well on our receivers. Landon, two catches in the last two games. Even, obviously, last week was a butt-whooping that we put on Indiana State. But, Noah, it seems like they are getting to Landon at the end of this season and obviously doing things well that maybe some teams know about. Because an inexcusable passing game in this one. Yeah, very poor, very poor performance by Nick Baker. Uh, didn't see the two interceptions, but I bet they weren't very good. And yeah, Landon, not sure what's going on there, and I don't know what's happening to our offense. But um, looked like we had we leaned heavy on the run, and that's what happened. But uh, when you're down scores like when you're down like we were, you can't lean on the run because the clock just rolls. Exactly. So when we're throwing the ball a lot, nothing was coming out of it. Uh, so that's how this game ended. I, it, was, it was really, really ugly. We had one, the one field goal. We didn't take enough opportunities. Overall, like we said, the defense, we don't even have stats for the defense at the moment, or I don't, and I don't even know who would let us in tackles. It was an overall just a bad game. We had some sacks, I think it says on what I could see, or fumbles that Kevin Glacian fell on. Uh, do you have any defensive stats on you right now? I do. It's uh... – let us in tackles was uh, Quay Brown with nine. He had nine tackles. Uh, Clayton Bush, our two safeties, um, let us in tackles. You know that's not good because that means uh, people are getting to the second level. Uh, Clayton had eight. Um, Richie Haggerty, good solid performance, eight with a, uh, tack- a half tackle for loss. Um, then Bryce also had eight. PJ had seven. Mikel, seven. Zach Barolo, good performance, seven. Joe Patterson, four. So uh, you see a lot of those guys, minus Richie, um, those guys are at the second or third level, so that told you how the game went. Exactly. Our defensive front was not good in this game. We figured with some of our seniors on that that they were going to all show out. We expected all that, and it just did an absolutely terrible game, and the players will be the first one to tell you. I'm sure they're disappointed. You can just hear it in Justin Strong at the end of the game on – you know, and even Russ was talking to them about, you know, maybe, you know, this hurts a lot. And, you know, the fact that you could barely get in potentially. And Justin, you know, he kind of sounds like that. So this team was down as they should be. Crap, poor performance at home. And, no, we talked about we lost to Missouri State last at home. We let North Dakota play with us too much. 
uh, and outside, you know, being shut out by Illinois State, who's a terrible team this year, and then coming back in that one, and then obviously handling Dayton. But other than that, we've been a terrible home team this year. We're actually great. We're grateful we're going on the road in the postseason. So enough of this game, Noah. So we actually were on pins and needles for the third straight year, as we talked about the first year. The fact that we had North Dakota State at our place, we're tied at halftime, ended up losing barely to Trey Lance, and then in a terrible weathered game, we remember, and, you know, we thought that was going to do something for our resume. It didn't. We didn't get in, and then barely scraped by last year as well in a trim tournament, obviously, off the, in the COVID year in the spring, got in and did what we did. Pins and needles, Noah, for the third straight year. It's not what we wanted with expectations going into the season. We expected to be a top eight team this year, but obviously not. Yeah, especially the way we started and we were on a roll and we expected to tend for a top eight seed and with not a maybe a top four seed. So you could get that home field a bit, a home field advantage. And yeah, it's like we said, maybe we are grateful that maybe now we're going on the road and uh, getting to play um, a team we didn't get to play this year with a chance to play another team in the Valley that we didn't get to play this year. But yeah, it's it's not what we wanted uh when we didn't think we were in, we weren't sure. But uh, the more we looked at it, we looked over resumes uh, after we got off work, and we were, we were pretty confident that even though there's some hesitancy on it, but we, we were pretty sure we were in. Exactly. We were talking about that because other teams that were right behind us in the current rankings, according to Sam Herder anyway, or I guess in the other polls that it seemed like, yeah, they were all losing and they were losing to just and teams, maybe some good teams, but they didn't have the resume as us. Still, you're right. We did have confidence still going into the day. And it came down to the final two teams, obviously, and it came down because, you know, as soon as we saw, and we'll get into this too, about some surprises or some else here, Northern Iowa, we saw a five-loss Northern Iowa team. We know the wins they've had this year. We saw they got in, and they were the last team in. Seeing them, Noah, kind of had, had us, you know, suspense city wondering if we were going to get in if they were obviously you're right because kind of skeptical because of the game you have at home against an awful team even though Youngstown has they beat Missouri State they beat Incarnate Word who's all both those teams are in uh so you know Youngstown obviously was decent but you can't lose like that at home we said throughout the game that we should have just trimmed it up and if we lose by 10 or less then it would help us out and we did and obviously we didn't score like we said so uh, definitely pins and needles, yes. And it was a third straight year, and it's one of those, yeah, one of the last two teams. It was, it was us, and then it was playing like, wow, we didn't get a home game, and then it was South Dakota, and we'll jump into South Dakota at the end of this week. Obviously, what to expect. You're right, it's a team we haven't played this year. There was a thing because obviously uh, we had to face North Dakota State if we win. Uh, that it'd be all conference. Obviously, we haven't played either of those teams. We haven't played South Dakota in two years. Uh, but uh, the fact that we do get that familiarity with teams that we know of for the most part, we know South Dakota's had a really good year, looking forward to playing them. Uh, and like we said, they only have uh, teams in the first round to play each other from the, first, from the same conference like they didn't play in the regular season, obviously. So uh, obviously getting in, exciting. Like I said, it's the only reason why we did the theme song today. Uh, and we saw a video, Noah, of the team's reaction that they final, finally posted that uh, they seemed like they, most of them were excited. Some of them were just on their phones, probably tweeting away or texting people. But some overall excitingness. Uh, so so we have that, Noah. I think we should jump into a topic before we get into that again. Obviously, Nick Baker didn't have the best game in this. And he's had a lot of rough patches this season. 
that we thought if we didn't get in the playoffs here, what it all would look like moving forward. And I think we should visit it. Obviously, we should address this now, even though he could obviously lead us far, potentially. Uh, no, I think we had the question a little bit, and I don't think Nick Hill will go against it because he said in the presser that obviously it was not one of Nick's strongest games. I wish he would just come out and say that it was not a good game from Nick. It wasn't a good game from the team in general. But knowing that we didn't allow them to score in the second half, we had to make things happen on offense. Noah, should we question Nick Baker's future at quarterback? Um, we will, but Nick Hill will not. So, not much of discussion. But yeah, it's he's he's not played very well, and we've seen the flashes. We've seen one game here, one game there. You see those flashes of what Nick Hill's talking about, of why he loves this kid so much, but he hasn't proved it consistently and we need that from him so uh yeah it, it is it is a little bit of a question uh been interesting to see if michael lindauer does not get hurt in camp what happens there or throughout the summer whenever he got hurt but yeah it's it's what he needs i think um bringing in these guys it's gonna push him even more maybe get him even better we know he's still only a sophomore and hasn't started very many games but, yeah, we need to see that out of from him, and I think you may see it in through the playoffs. Exactly. So we mentioned this, and we obviously could look dead wrong if he leads us far, like we said. I think it is worth visiting because, obviously, a lot of aspects of our team have some cons, but I think it's it's because when you're the quarterback, you deserve this. You deserve the praise. You deserve the, uh, the whatever talking about you. I just think that seeing his games and that, you know, a lot of – you know, and he he had over 10 interceptions in the regular season. I think it was just one of those where if you want to take the next step, it goes to the quarterback, and we've talked about him so many times. And uh, I think there is should be some competition in the season, no matter if he goes and wins us the national championship or gets us to beat North Dakota State, even if we beat South Dakota. We like that matchup regardless. That it should be some competition, yes. Lindauer, you're, you're right. I think definitely will play a factor. We're not sure about Stone Norton, and we know we got quarterbacks coming in. So, it will test him, I'm hoping. So, like we said, he could just prove us all wrong in these playoffs. It's worth mentioning, though, because he's been lackluster almost as much or more than he has been good. So, we'll revisit that at the end of the season, depending upon how we finish. Uh, so, like we said, got in. Final two in the playoffs for the third straight year on pins and needles. Like I said, we'll talk about South Dakota at the end of the week. Uh, so, now, Noah, let's segue now then to what the bracket actually looks like. Let's, let's go through these top eight teams and maybe who was missed out. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, last year, uh, sitting there, um, are we in, are we not? And we found out one of the first two teams put on the board. And this year, um, we had to wait till the last two last two teams in. So it was pretty crazy. And But, yeah, top eight teams, uh, you got Sam Houston at one, North Dakota State at two, who we'll have to see if we win the opening round matchup. James Madison at three. Um, Sacramento State at four. They're probably not very happy with their matchups. Uh, Villanova at five. Then you go across at Montana six. ETSU at seven. Montana State at eight. Yeah, there was two teams I thought that were should have been locks in my eyes and a lot of other people's eyes across the country. And Eastern Washington not being a top seed in Missouri State. Um, I know I sent you my, my bracketology because I went through and I was looking to see if we were in or not, and I had both those teams as top eight seeds. Exactly. I think there was surprise around even the guys on the broadcast of Eastern Washington not getting in. And, yeah, Missouri State definitely uh, 
feel like they deserve it. They've had an incredible year. And yeah, you mentioned Eastern Washington with the uh, with their they get you and I who we mentioned obviously the last team in. So that's their defense going up against that high powered EWU EWU offense and the winner that gets Montana. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Sacramento State the draw because they get the winner of yeah South Dakota State and UC Davis. We know South Dakota State is one of those teams where we feel like obviously if they didn't get a top eight they were gonna make they were gonna get damage. Or do damage potentially, and we saw someone's predictions for this, and they had them, I think, getting to at least maybe the second round and losing. But they're a team that could definitely make a run. Uh, what else sticks out to you? I mean, they seem like they got Sam Houston, North Dakota State, James Madison. The top three teams seem like they got that right, right? Yeah, um, yeah, they got it pretty right. Uh, another team that could have been top eight C was Kennesaw. Um, they got a pretty good draw, so against Davidson out of the Pioneer League. And uh, they get to would take on ETSU, which could really be good for Kennesaw to make a run. Um, but yeah, I, I was really glad to see Florida A&M, the HBCU, get in. They didn't qualify for their uh, big old conference bowl game or whatever they have. Um, their celebra- I think they call it Celebration Bowl or something. Really impressed with them. That just sucks. They get the draw of Southeastern Louisiana and Colt Kelly. That's a really high powered offense. Um, but yeah, it sticks out, and uh, I'm sure teams like the who I feel sorry for, or what I would be pissed at if I was a team Montana and Sacramento State. I know you'd get home games, but the two draws like that, then uh, UT Martin gets to travel up to or gets to travel to Missouri State, and the winner of that goes to Montana State. That's a that's a tough draw for either. That's a tough draw for Missouri State because I think they'll get past UT Martin. But yeah, that's it's a pretty good bracket. Looking at what we got, if you get past that, you get the team in North Dakota State. But if somehow you were able to get past those two, I like looks our favorable team. getting to the final. Yeah, four. It, it looks favorable to get to the championship, in my opinion. But um, I'm not sure what would happen, how things work out. But uh, I think Kennesaw will get to pass ETSU. So uh, I don't know how home games work out, but if you could get past North Dakota State, you could get a home game deep in the playoffs. Good point. Yeah, Kennesaw is a quality team. They were going over them. They are really good. They probably did get snubbed as well. I think the best bracket of this whole thing is the upper right with James Madison. And you get EWU, who got underseeded. You get them with Montana, which we saw picks recently. We know Sam Herter has been in Montana. The Montana State-Montana uh, match or game that they had, the, the views there for their games are unbelievable. And there was an ounce of us maybe that thought, well, maybe we'd have to go to a Montana school or something. Obviously, it didn't happen that way. But I think that upper right you mentioned with Cole Kelly in southeastern Louisiana, Florida A&M, and you and I's defense, that upper right bracket, I think, is the strongest of them all. Uh, a lot of teams like Villanova getting pretty far. I mean, they're in, a, they're in a favorable one. We know South Dakota State, if they can pull up upsets. Sacramento State, we, yeah, we just said, is pretty good. But Villanova's got favorable to get to the Final Four. Uh, so, yeah, overall – some surprises and then some great matchups that we will visit along the way uh, for sure. Obviously, win or lose of us, if we recap our game and then our season as a whole moving forward, that we'll recap all of those games as well. And we'll maybe down the road, obviously, in the offseason, if we don't get that far preview, how all those games went. Some of the players were excited. Dorian Davis said, this is why I'm here. We know he's played at times. David Miller said, new season, zero, zero and zero. Let's get to work. Cole Stewart said, let's ride, and Donovan said, let's get it. So we mentioned the video they posted. 
Landon and Nick Baker and them talk, so they're excited. Nick Hill's excited. Uh, PJ Jewel said, I think we're not, we're not done yet. Ryan Shanley said, let's get a dog. So a lot of people are excited, obviously. Looking forward to covering this. South Dakota, which we mentioned, is a quality team. Uh, that'll be an exciting game. And like we said, we're better on the road, definitely when it comes to playoff time, but especially this season at times we've struggled at home. So we're glad it's on the road. Uh, so, Noah, that segues us now into uh, – we were going to cover the Monday presser and things because it was really South Dakota-centric. We'll cover that on the preview on Friday. But, Noah, some things that stuck out regarding injury updates, which is something we'd always want to do. We already kind of mentioned it about Chase – Evans and Lucas Davis. Chase was sick, projected to play. Lucas sprained his ankle. He probably will play as well, uh, which is good news, obviously, for the right side of our line. Like the playoffs, we need our best guys. No matter, you tape that tape that up if you're Lucas, because we need our best, obviously, out there. Uh, and then, Noah, we just wanted to mention, because we obviously always wonder this, what Thanksgiving plans are for athletes, and we wonder that for our team. He said, Thursday, they will practice a little bit in the morning, maybe watch some film. And then they said, like, position groups will, I guess, meet with their coaches and go. We know the relationships they have with a lot of them. We know the running backs for sure. We'll get to go spend time. They might have some big old thing, but position groups will go with their position coaches maybe and have it with their families or something. So uh, that's awesome. We know the family atmosphere has been preached, and we've been seeing it with pictures and everything recently. So hopefully everybody has a – a nice Thanksgiving for the team to get ready for the playoffs. Something to be thankful for, obviously, is a chance to extend your season and uh, try to go win this thing. Because like we said, the seniors did not get a proper send-off if that was it on their day, potentially last game playing at Suzy Stadium. So there's some stuff on that. Noah, now let's segue because we know our commits played Friday night. We were keeping up with some of them. How'd they all do this weekend deep in the playoffs? Yeah, it was a rough weekend for a lot of our commits. Um, we know Jimmy Lansing, who was, I believe he tweeted, um, he that was named all conference, all first team, all conference for the second straight year. So that's good for him. But, um, Chaminade and Jimmy played a really good Holt team who was undefeated, took a tough loss, uh, to Holt 31, 28, um, Friday night. So that ends Jimmy's season, his senior season. Then uh, another one, uh, Connor Lair in West Plains, who's off to a really good start this year. He was doing it all for him on both sides of the ball. They took a loss to Hannibal, 35-26. Um, Ryan Schwindeman and St. Dominic, they had a tough matchup, but they lost to 47-13 earlier this year to a really good team. Um, they they fell 22-20, to so lost by two points in their season. Ryan did have three tackles in that game. Um, speaking of Ryan, I got his season stats. He ended up with 47 tackles, seven sacks, and two fumble recoveries on the defensive side. Then on the offensive side, we know we recruited him as a tight end, I believe. Um, had 12 rushes for 143 yards and three touchdowns on the year, but had 29 receptions for 414 yards and two touchdowns. So a really good season for Ryan. I know it's not ended up the way they did, but really good deep run into the playoffs for St. Dominic School. Then uh, Trey Baker, our QB commit. Um, they fell to the number one team in the state in the state semis, uh, Christian Brothers, 28-21 loss. Ooh, close. Yeah, really tough loss. That was a big-time game. And uh, we got one standing, Charles Young, Lutheran St. Charles. They're headed to the state semis. Um, they beat Lift for Life 49-36, so they get a home game against a 12-1 Lafayette County 
Charles did have 33 or three tackles on the defensive side, and he had a 77-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the game. So um, one guy standing out of all our commits, um, some tough losses for our guys this year, but um, they had great seasons, nothing to be ashamed of. So uh, can't wait to get you guys here, get you in the weight room, get you in this program, and uh, have a successful future. You said Charles Young had a touchdown reception or a touchdown kickoff for the at the end of the game. So it probably sealed the game potentially. He had it. Uh, it wasn't at the end of the game. It was in the game. It was second quarter. Oh, in the game. Okay. Yeah. So that is also something to look because obviously defensive back when he gets here potential for kickoffs, which is interesting. I'm sure they'll use him a lot of facets. As yeah, everybody else should not be disappointed. The fact that most of them, almost ninety percent of them, got to the you know got consistently into the playoffs and actually played. We mentioned Jimmy being uh, all conference. Offensive lineman for the second straight year, he said. So, yeah, a lot of great seasons from their guys. I mean, like historic probably careers those guys have had at all of their respective teams. Nothing to be ashamed of, especially when you end it like that, even though it's not in a championship, that you know you get to come to a place that is ready for you, the fans are ready for you, we know the team is, uh, whether most of them play in their first year or not, but we know we got quality players coming in here to make a difference and maybe build their own legacy here like they did in high school. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep following Charles. That's great that he's still standing. Uh, yeah, great seasons from everybody else. So nothing to hang your hand on for sure. Uh, congrats on great seasons. Now, Noah, we are unbelievably involved in the transfer portal in terms of offering guys tons, actually tons that we've, that happened today that we just saw today. Let's jump into a lot of these. Yeah, we had a lot of we have a lot of transfer portal interest and a lot of um visits that guys visited this weekend. But uh starting with the first one, Warren Dabney, a graduate transfer from v- VMI defensive tackle, was actually just named uh this two hours ago to the first team all defense of the SOCON. So uh we know we're losing guys in the trenches, so that would be a immediate. He's getting offers from anybody and everybody in the FCS and a couple, like, max schools so far. So a lot of attention on that guy's name, so that's one to watch out for. He um, looks like a monster. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's a big-time watch to watch out for. We know we, um, he's got – anybody in the FCS, he has his pickup pretty much of um, – then uh, – Hopefully we can make that decision nice for him. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot. I would be really like to have him, especially replace those interior guys we're losing. Um, a 2022 guy we're looking at from Fort Union Military Academy, um, 6'2", 225 linebacker, Khalil Murdoch. Um, that's great size for a linebacker. He was a 3A defensive player of the year and first team All-Metro, looks like out in Virginia. So that would be a big-time piece of this defense. Uh, we know we got some young linebackers did not play this year, and uh, that would be a big get to add to that defensive room. We know we're losing some guys. So uh, Great GPA, too. Great smart kid, it looks like. And, yeah, first-team All-Metro. Yeah, digging in the Virginia, state of Virginia. That's cool. So, yeah, definitely talent there. Yeah, then uh, some other visits. Another visit, um, Jeremiah Hardnett, a 2023 um, looks like there was a group of guys from O'Fallon. He brought his friends, it looks like. Yeah, we had a couple of guys post about from O'Fallon. 
Uh, he's a two-time two first-team all-conference up there, 5'10", 260 offensive lineman, um, offensive line and defensive line at 5'10". He'd probably play the defensive side. Then Ethan Finke from Murfreesboro. He's been there before, 2023. Right down the road. Yep. Heston Miller, West Plains, Connor Lair, connection, 2023 guy, DB, athlete, wide receiver, 6'2", 200. So uh, that's one to watch. I had over, posted eight hours ago, season highlights, over 1,200 yards, receiving over 15 touchdowns on only 90 touches. So uh, he played with Connor Lair, so I know Connor knows him well. Um, Then uh, we actually received uh, Peyton Mazur from Chris. Christopher, we talked about him a lot. He's visited a lot. We actually offered him a, a preferred walk-on spot at the team. He's a big boy, so uh, I'm on in, man. 6'5", 335. I know he's visited a couple other schools, like Lindenwood and stuff, but if he would like, if he wants to stay home, I think Trevor Olson could have a really good spot for this kid. Uh, he could earn a scholarship with ease, I think, especially at that size. Another another uh, transfer watch, um, Jack Burns. He's a grad transfer from Cornell. Uh, he's a center. Um, he has offers from a lot of Valley schools, Missouri State, South Dakota, Indiana State. So a lot of action. He's 6'3", 295. He's a Missouri native, so uh, it's close to home. But if he wants to go back to Missouri State, probably might happen. Um, a big 2024 guy to look at from O'Fallon as well, um, J.P. Rock, who we we retweet a lot from, uh, covers a really good job. Uh, says big time linebacker prospect Steph Tolliver was at the game, so uh, another linebacker that's down the road though. Um, Robbie Mangus, he's a graduate transfer from Dartmouth, a tight end, all Ivy League tight end. 6'4", 255. He's getting a lot of FCS offers as well. So uh, that's another one to keep our eyes on. on. Um, talk, about, talk about maybe improving the team GPA even more, even though he's grad transfer, he wouldn't right. really help. But he's a smart guy, smart player. Yeah, all Ivy League. We know we got tights for another year. Cole's questionable. I know we got guys like uh, Schwindeman coming in, whether he plays as a freshman, but it'd be nice. And I wanted to actually say real fast, talking about tight ends, Jacob Garrett did play in this game, I think, on uh, Saturday because I remember seeing the play-by-play, and it was an incomplete pass to him. So he got in this game. He's potentially there too. Just something to say. Would love to have this guy there. Yeah, then another one is another transfer. Has two years of eligibility. It says left. Um, doesn't say his position. Casp. Would you say Casper? Got to be Casper. A C instead of the S. That's that's weird. I've never seen that before. Rutkovich. Something. Rut- Illinois uh, State, huh? Or yeah, that's Illinois State transfer. Uh, is from a couple years ago though. It's got the 150 patch on it. That doesn't happen for a couple years. I'd say he's still from Illinois State. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm not sure what position he plays. Doesn't say in his bio. Says looking for a new home in his bio. So we got a new home down here if you want to come on down. I think it says a lot, honestly, when you look at when they when they have something from a team and they post a specific picture, it's up landing, so maybe he's a pass catcher. Or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Canton Arku, I would pronounce that, a 6'4", 230-pound linebacker. Um, looks like, Oh, that's the Syracuse transfer. We are looking into a lot of FCS schools looking at him. That'd be great. 
that'd be a big piece. We know we're losing guys in there, but we know we have guys here that are haven't played much who step into that role. Abdul Latif Adu, um, 6'1", 185-pound cornerback. Um, he'd be a 2022 guy, would be a big get. We'll see what happens there. Looks like he's been in the uniform. They got pictures of him. Yeah, he visited this weekend. Right. He says uh, he's got Dorian's number on, so I don't think Dorian would like that. But uh, then uh, Nick Nakwasar. That's how I was going to pronounce it, but it's probably some other weird way. Um, looks like a transfer. He plays safety and nickel um, from um, Central Arkansas, which is a really good program usually. So, hey, a lot of a lot of guys, we know we're going to hit the season hard. Then another update on our commit. Trey Baker just literally posted his season highlights. Um, season high, or Season highlights, we'll check them out. 29 touchdowns on one to one interception ratio, 2,300 yards, and 64% completion percentage. Also ran for 285 yards and four touchdowns. So uh, that's big time. That's one of our commits. We'll keep updated on them. Can't wait to see him here. But, yeah, we are trenched in the portal. Uh, the more success we have in these playoffs could uh, lean these guys' ways and get them here. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you guys updated. Yeah, the number has grown without a doubt. We mentioned the JUCOs before, but now it's getting, uh, yeah, big-time college. Syracuse is a decent ACC football program, though. They're a basketball school, but I think they've done better than, you know, maybe people have expected or known from them recently. Uh, but getting, yeah, him from there, I think Nick Nakwasa is definitely playing at safety and nickel, losing Quay. We know we got Doyne and whoever else, but – I think adding that a veteran like that, be all these guys would be huge. Because, like you said, we need it. We're losing a lot of veterans. We could add some more. The ones we've added this year pay dividends. So that is where we need to definitely stick our toes in most. And we have a quality freshman class coming in. Depending upon how far our season gets, we will have a season recap and a look ahead. Because it will be exciting because we've said before how this would have been the season with the super seniors and the seniors of this team that we have. This was the, the year to do it. But knowing that we got quality young players, guys that will continue to be here for as far as we know, we know some people might make a decision to leave. You never know. And especially knowing we get the freshman class and the guys who didn't play, I think we do have a nucleus without a doubt here. It just seemed like this was the year. We'll see how it pans out. But, yeah, success for sure could end up, you know, these guys have a lot of time to make up their minds. So, And they'll be looking at the playoffs to see how teams do before they make this. So hopefully we can at least win one game that we mentioned we'll talk about on Friday. So, yeah, great on that. Added a lot. Like I said, we saw some today. Hopefully that keeps growing. Yeah, you're right. We will keep people updated. Uh, Noah NFL Saluki is the usual update. Uh, the Panthers lost, but Jeremy led the team with 10 tackles. Seahawks lost again as well. Ryan only had one tackle. Curious as to why maybe his PT has gone down potentially or just no opportunities itself throughout the game. Noah and then Mike Cole. Uh, had a game the Titans lost this weekend, did nothing as well. So Jeremy of the only one of the three that did stuff. Uh, so definitely a good pot up to this point. What about a quick sneak peek to South Dakota? Yeah, it's a team we have not seen since, uh, what, 2019, I believe. That's when we went up to South Dakota and actually beat them. So uh, – it's we know we know hey it's a valley school so you know when you play these blue blood type football teams in this conference 
that they're always battle tested and they'll be ready to go. But uh, yeah, they coming off some very good wins. They finished uh, tied for third with us in the conference. Um, they got some good wins this year. They lost by three at Kansas to start the year. Only lost by eight to at Missouri State. Then they uh, beat North Dakota. Beat went at U and I. Beat U and I. Then they had a uh, lost by six at home to Illinois State. We know we what happened to Illinois State when they came to us, but uh, playing tough. Then uh, they blew out Western Illinois. They beat South Dakota State at home. Then uh, they went to North Dakota State and blew them out. So uh, some good football players on this team. Um, Carson Camp is their quarterback. Uh, he's thrown for over 2,000 yards this year. Has a 17-4 to 4 interception ratio. They have a couple good backs and some a good receiver in Carter Bell. So uh, good defensively, so we'll, we'll be tested. Without a doubt, we talked again how we would have been interested to play them this year. We didn't think, honestly, at the point we were talking about then that we would potentially play them in the playoffs. But you're right, good players. And we mentioned we, about 90% of the teams we've played this year have been running teams. This could be, you mentioned they do have good backs, but a really quality quarterback that takes care of the ball. Uh, we know the last time that happened, we played a quarterback that took care of the ball. South Dakota State, we turned them over three times in that game. And once, it'll be interesting, yeah, our cornerbacks will be tested. We'll get into all that on Friday. Noah, some quotes here about some of the Coach Hill and some players about making the playoffs. Coach Hill said, coming off a tough loss to end the season, you get in here today and you want so badly for those guys to keep playing. I'm happy that the committee rewarded the entire season, what this team has accomplished, really this entire calendar year. What you come, what you come here for is to get into the playoffs and give yourself a chance to win a national championship. And we're one of the 24 teams that gets the opportunity, and we're excited. Nick Baker said, on seeing us in the bracket, it was a straight rush. I knew we couldn't go out like that, just like that last game against Youngstown. I knew that wasn't the plan. I knew God had another plan for us. He said, on the playoffs as a new season, as a football player, you can't dwell on the past. If you play bad, if you play good, we have a new opportunity, and it feels like a new season. We have to go prove ourselves again. I pride myself on finding a, a way no matter what, and that's what I'm going to prove this playoffs. We pray that he's right for sure. Landon said, I'm ready to get to work, be in playoff mode, and get going. When you're in the playoffs, you're 0-0. Zero, zero. doesn't matter who's number one, 16 or 24. We're all 0-0, zero, zero, and we have to go take advantage of the opportunity. And we'll lead it with our captain, Xavion Furkron, said, just so grateful for another opportunity. Obviously, with the devastating loss yesterday, I knew my career here in the class of 2016 career couldn't end that way. We just have to make the most of it. It's a new start. We have to reset Everybody has to reprove themselves. Previous records don't matter. So some fine words there from our leaders, definitely to end this podcast. Yes, we will cover them a lot at stake. Obviously, at this point of the season, this is what you build for. We will mention that there's a watch party coming on Saturday at a place we haven't really heard of, Buckwater Brew Works and Whiskey House. We'll be looking into that potentially. Obviously, we'll be working. Won't be able to do that, but the kickoff is at 5, which obviously helps us in terms of getting ready for the game. We know in our work it'll get busy. That's when, it obviously, the busyness will start. So we'll try to make that 5 o'clock game for sure. We're lucky that it is that. So we'll be able to live tweet and watch it, not just have to listen to it. So great pod, a lot of new interests we're looking forward to for next year, and great to see these guys, especially off a loss like that, earn for what they've done this season at times to earn their right into the playoffs. We cannot wait. We will cover South Dakota State on Friday. So for Nick Malone. All Arch. Until then, go dogs.